Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Ladies, we are going international with our first Canadian guest, Miss Carla Arias. And Carla is the founder of Affirming Truths, seeking to help women subdue lies about our identities. And I'm seriously so humbled by her mission and the conversation we were able to have about her experiences and how the Lord is using them to bless women with a better understanding of who they are in light of who he is. I am seriously so excited for you guys to hear this episode. So let's get going. My gals, I want to pause for just a minute to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode, which is the hashtag 20-something book written by my very own Kimber Cummings. Are you a 20-something gal? Check Yes, trying to pursue Jesus in what is such an exciting but daunting decade of your life. A decade that seems to be characterized by a lot of dreaming and waiting and discovering. Then this book is for you or just any 20-something at heart. Through Kimber's words, you'll feel the familiarity of a close friend as Kimber encourages us through stories with how to create more fun, freedom, and purpose, work through expectations and dreams, and a few disappointments, and just getting to know God's character and goodness transform and inform every area of our lives. I personally enjoyed every single second of this book and laughed so hard. Kimber is real and every gal can relate to what she writes about. So go grab 20-something by Kimber Cummings on Amazon today. Check it out in the show notes. Yes, well, welcome to the podcast, Carla. I'm so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here, Emma. Thank you for having me. Yes. Why don't you start us off? Just tell us a little bit about your life, what you're up to these days. Yeah. So, um, well, my name is Carla. I am a mom. I'm a wife. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I started a little business over the pandemic. <laughs> Who would have nice. thought it? Yeah. Um, and I'm also someone that is learning to thrive and walk in God's calling over my life while navigating the world of mental illness and overcoming mm. disordered eating. Um, I have bipolar and borderline personality and um, have had body dysmorphia and have really had to learn how to still be bold in my faith and my purpose mm-hmm. when all the lies of the illness and the world comes against me and tries to tell me I'm not enough or I can't have impact or I'm not useful. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. Yes. Would you, would you mind just kind of giving us more of just like your story and, you know, go yeah, a little bit absolutely. more into you know, just those, some of those things that you mentioned. Yeah. So I would say my first struggle with body image and food came when I was eight. Mm. And since then doing my own research and looking into this topic, I see that it is around the age of nine that girls start suffering with body image issues 
And that's mm. the peak of their confidence. The peak of their confidence is age nine. nine and then it goes down from there. Mm. Um, I, a, uh, you know, trigger warning for anyone that's suffering. I'm going to share a little bit about my sort of disordered eating, but mm-hmm. um, it started off with a fear of not having food. And so anywhere mm. I went, I first had to feel like I was going to have food. And some of that is from childhood trauma. Um, and in the fear of not having food and the fear of food getting taken away, I would eat as much as I could whenever I could. Mm. And I was a little bit of what the kids called chubby. And I remember, um, being made fun of and the word, I don't even know if kids use this anymore, but when I was growing up, the kids would call me a tubalard mm-hmm. and it just wrecked me yeah. on the inside and started down a path of constant dieting, constant restriction and binging, abusing laxatives to try to purge and, mm. um, just took away my confidence and my self-worth and even as an adult constantly consumed in diet culture always chasing that next 10 pounds mm-hmm. even though I would get to that goal and still not be happy it would have to be another 10 pounds and another 10 pounds and never feeling good enough and always comparing myself to what the latest body trend is and I'm going to talk about that more later and just really attaching my worth to the Mm -hmm. scale attaching my worth to my gene size attaching my worth to the shape of my body Mm -hmm. and in that not living a life of joy not able to hear from God and what he wants me to do because I was so preoccupied with chasing this standard Mm -hmm. that is ever changing itself. Um, And I really, really battled with this. Um, And it came to a head when I realized I had to take control over it. I had gotten down really thin. I was under eating. I was Um, so fixated on food restrictions and then would binge. Um, And then I had to go on these bipolar meds. And a lot of people that suffer with mental illness that take medication knows that a lot of medication makes you gain weight. And I gained 20 pounds right away when I went on these new meds and it wrecked me. And then God slowly started to reveal to me that I shouldn't be wrecked over 20 pounds. What should wreck me is the loss and the hurting. What should wreck my heart is the things that wrecks God's heart. Um, And it really made me realize that I had to rewrite the whole script in my head around body image. I had to heal that and I had to chase after God's goodness because He has so much goodness for us and we cut ourselves off of it. We miss it by being so preoccupied with the lie, the lie that our value and our worth is about our bodies, the lie that our lovability is about our looks. Um, And this is, 
is it being experienced in a new way in this season of life too, where it's not just my weight, it's now with aging. Like I'm, I'm not that old, but I, and now it's, you know, more and more it's targeted to women my age that you shouldn't have wrinkles and there's Botox and there's filling, right. there's this and that. And it's under, it, the undercurrent to this message is the same, that your value and your worth is based on your looks. And that's such a lie. Hmm. It's such a lie. Um, but if we look back to the beginning, I think, you know, the devil has some tricks, but he doesn't <laughs> have a lot of them. He uses the same ones over and over again. If we so go true. back to the beginning, we see Eve was deceived with the prospect of having more value in her knowledge through food, which she saw was good and tempting to the eye, that yeah. resulted immediately in body shame and wanting to be covered up. Mm. Um, so the enemy gets us tying value and worth through food and has us be ashamed of our bodies. Mm. And why? To rob us of our purpose mm. that God has over our life. And it just breaks my heart when I look back at younger Carla mm. to see how much life she traded for this struggle. Yeah. And my hope is that women and girls will catch on to this sooner yeah. and break through sooner and rid themselves of this bondage sooner so that they can be present and joyful and make memories and be kingdom impacting Mm. Um, and all that goodness. Yes, that is so good. And it's so interesting to see like, yeah, the enemy has not learned any new tricks, you know, from the very, very beginning, the very first woman, you know, and we can look back and see that and go, wait a minute, he's been doing that ever since. But, but also there is truth. And yeah, more than that, there is truth in who God says we are. Um, and and learning to focus on that. So, you know, in hearing your story and in even in looking at my own story with body image or whatever it is, seeing that in so many ways, there's been events or ways that we have been impacted to, um, almost like teach ourselves what is true about our bodies. And so how did you, or, um, or really how did God, you know, transform those parts of your life where you um, maybe kind of just had to unlearn those things and relearn what he says about us? Well, there's a few things I had to do. One, I had to start replacing lies with truth. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, those are the things that we should think on. Mm -hmm. So I had to replace lies with truth. And the start of the pandemic, um, I was doing this somewhat on my own, but I got really intentional last year. And I said, okay, what does God say about me? And I did a whole study in the Bible. I came up with almost a hundred of affirmations of biblical truth. What does God say about me? And I started rehearsing them. And that's still part of what I call my happy light routine in the morning is doing one of these affirmations. And, mm. you know, our, our mind is a garden. 
what are we planting in it is what will grow. And if we take out a weed, if we're not intentional in replacing it, a weed's just going to grow again. Yeah. So definitely so replacing lies with truth intentionally, daily, on the regular. Um, the other thing is I had to start praising God for the body I had. In Psalm, we read, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And when I read that, I got such conviction that, man, I don't praise God for being wonderfully made. Like my body gets me up every day. It heals me when I'm sick. It, it helped me bring in my beautiful son into the world. It gets me from point A to point B. It allows me to serve others. It allows me to praise it. It affords me so much and I never praise God for it. Like we were made in his image. He took time to make us in his image. Yeah. And so I get, need to get intentional. And part of that is a gratitude practice and making sure that I am saying what I'm grateful for about the body that I have now as it is without changing anything. Um, the other thing is you have to watch what you watch. Mm. You got to watch what you watch. So much of our dissatisfaction when it comes to anything in our lives often is rooted in comparison. That yeah. we are looking at the movie stars, we're looking at shows that breed discontent. Social media is a big one now. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I felt very called to do at the start of this, this was a few year, years ago on the start of my whole healing journey with body image, is I used to watch a lot of reality TV. That was a way I disconnected my downtime, you know, my relaxation <laughs> time. Yes. <laughs> um, and this isn't to say there's anything evil or sinful about reality TV, but right. what was happening in my heart is it was breeding discontent because mm -hmm. I was looking at their beauty and their bodies and their lives. And so God convicted me and I stopped watching mm. reality TV. I don't watch it anymore. Mm. Um, I've all, I also had to unfollow a lot of accounts. I was following a lot mm. of accounts that had before and afters and right. you know, eat this, not that. And um, from someone who had disordered eating, I really had to get away from those diet culture messages. Yeah. So I did a lot of unfollowing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so important to watch what we watch. Um, we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? To what we're placing in it. And let mm -hmm. it be more of God than, let it, than of the world. Right. Um, the other thing is watch how you talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. We talk to ourselves horribly. Yeah. We say awful <laughs> things to ourselves that we would so never true. say to a friend. And now that I'm a mom, how I position is like, would I ever say this to my child about right. their body or what they're eating? Or Never. Right. And yet somehow I say, so watching what I say. And again, I like to have all these things rooted in biblical truth. In Psalm, it says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. What am I saying? It's how I'm talking about myself, his creation, his masterpiece, pleasing. Like, we are, we are his masterpiece. 
He designed us. He Mm. formed us. He knew us before we were even in the womb. There Mm. is such care and intention. All our fingerprints are unique. He knows the number of hairs on my head. Like, he loves me. He created me. Am I going to talk junk about God's creation? (laughs) <laughs> we wouldn't do that about anything else. But when we, when I started to shift my perspective that way, yeah. like how it much, how much it must grieve God's heart to hear how I talk about myself when he loves me so much, how much it must grieve his heart when I loathe myself. Like I went through periods of deep self-loathing how that must have broken his heart because that's not what he sees when he looks at me. Yeah. He sees his beautiful creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is really praying for God to change my heart and my mind and really getting intentional. You know, we're told that what we ask for in his name will get now, not like a vending machine, right. but according to his will, mm-hmm. right. That our desire of our hearts would reflect his desire. Well, is God's will for me to be in bondage to body image? No. Mm. So I can have confidence that as I take this burden to him in prayer, he will strengthen me and he will help me renew my mind as I yeah. partner with him in this. And recognizing too that, and I kind of alluded to this when we first started talking, if you look globally, the North American definition of the perfect body is not going to be the same as the African or the Asian or the right. European. Globally, there's different definitions of the beauty standard. If you look throughout the centuries, different time periods have had different beauty standards. Do I want to attach my worth to something that is fleeting, yeah. that is here one day and so ever-changing? I'm never going to be enough. I'm never going to, or would I rather secure my worth in the firm foundation of Christ and what he says about me? Man, I don't want to keep chasing a changing standard. I want to live according to God's standard and what he wants from me. Right. And yes, we are to be a good steward of the resources he gives us. Money, time, energy, Our body is a resource. Yes, we need to be good stewards of this. Yes, and I used to hear this a lot misused in diet culture. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But there's a very thin line between being an altar and being an idol. And I think sometimes the enemy likes to twist those things Mm. and use them as condemnation. Like, oh, well better not have that donut you're a temple of the holy spirit (laughs) you know no (laughs) like that's you're not being a good steward because you didn't exercise for an hour today no there are definitely things that we need to take ownership on and being responsible for our health like we don't want to abuse what he gave us just like we don't want to abuse the other resources he gave us but it can't become the idol just like Money can't become the idol. Just like our busyness and our schedule and what we can produce can't become our idol. The same has to go with our bodies. And that was a big mind shift for me too. 
because I thought if I was idolizing my body, it would be from a sense of I'm vain and I think I look so good and all of that. Well, the constant fixation on my body, even though I didn't like it, and the constant fixation on food was robbing me and stopping me from walking in God's purpose and doing what God wanted me to do. So therefore, it was an idol. It was taking precedence over what God wanted me to do. God wanted me to be out there reaching women. His call on my life is about encouraging others. Well, how could I step out and encourage others when I didn't want anyone to look at me because I was so hung up on my body? Right. Like it was, it was backwards. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And I feel like so many times we are held back or maybe don't realize it. Like, like you've been talking about, we feed into what culture is telling us about what we should look like or what we should do. And there's little things put in there that make us think that it's true. Like using a Bible verse, like, well, your body's a temple, so you need to take care of it or, you know, ask God and he'll give you whatever you want, you know, well, then I want a really nice body. Well, so then he should give that to me, you know, just these, um, these lies that we're believing that even we can twist into thinking that they are true. Mm -hmm. And so, One of the biggest things that, you know, I've heard you talking about, and I know it's big of just like the diet culture and, you know, we've had so many of them, even new ones popping up in the last few years of like, try Whole30, try Keto, try, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, what are kind of the dangers of it um, and how does it affect our body image? That's a great question. And I was immersed in diet culture, not just as a user, but for a while I was part of an MLM that Mm. is body focused. And it was a great little way to hide my disorder. And it was a great little way to, but it killed my mental health. Mm. Like it, it, you know, I thought, it was, it was reinforcing my disorder, but making it worse and making a greater fixation on my body. And it's no shade at the MLM. It was just, it was not healthy for me at all. Um, you know, diet culture, we have to remember this, like diet culture is a business. It's mm-hmm. a business, yeah. a billion dollar business based off our insecurities and ladies, can I tell you the heads behind these companies are usually men. It is men dictating (laughs) what women should look like to take your money. Here's Mm -hmm. a problem that you didn't even know how you had because it's not really a problem. (laughs) And here is our monthly solution where you only have to pay $39.95 a month and get results. The problem with these things is they're not sustainable and they're not meant to be sustainable. They're set up for you to eventually fail. So you need them again. Yeah. They're not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, Whole 30s, like, you know, God, this is how. To do certain things with your diet. Keto came out of a. research that it helped with epilepsy, I believe it was. 
gluten-free if you're celiac. That makes sense. So medical reasons aside, Mm -hmm. God created all the food and all the food is good. Yes, things are processed different. Yes, portion sizes in America are big. Yes, there's sugar addiction. But with anything, it's about not being condemned. God did not give us a spirit of condemnation. He frees us from that. Mm. Everything God created is good. Everything that God created for our bodies works together well Mm. to fuel us. Now, if you abuse anything, there's side effects. If you abuse your body by under eating The the whole focus is all on fat phobia. Everyone wants to be so skinny. There are so many dangers to under eating that no one talks about. I was living off of 1,200 calories, which is not healthy. I was malnutrition. My my hair was thin. I was tired all the time. Um, My cycle was messed up. Like there's this fat phobia that exists and... Mm -hmm. The diet culture preys off of this fat phobia, makes you afraid of getting fat, whatever that is. I'm doing air quotes here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whatever that means, like, what is fat above a size four? Like, give me a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sells you a solution that's designed to fail. Mm-hmm. They are not concerned with your soul. Mm. Are we? good on the inside are we being transformed into the likeness of jesus on the inside Mm -hmm. what is our eternal life looking at Mm -hmm. this is but a moment in time do we really want to spend this brief moment in time miserable measuring food hating ourselves staying out of pictures No, we want to surrender that. We want to surrender our emotional eating. God, why am I emotionally eating? The same way you would want to surrender emotional drinking. Why am I emotional? God, heal my emotions. Maybe we need to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. The problem is not the food. The problem is unresolved hurt and trauma, usually. The problem is not with your body. The problem is with your emotions. God can heal that as we release it to him. Do we have to work with him in it? Yes. Is it hurt to heal sometimes? Yes. Mm-hmm. But the on the other side of healing is hope, is restoration, is purpose, is calling. And I just want to encourage anyone yeah. who is listening that there is no quick fixes to a body image that you would love. Mm-hmm. The problem is not your body. Root your identity in who Christ has designed you to be mm-hmm. and live a life of overflowing joy and working in partnership with God and your purpose mm-hmm. rather than being distracted by your body. And bodies were meant to change. 
Mm. Since the time that we are born to the time that we are die, our bodies are constantly changing. Yeah. That's actually one of the beautiful things about us. And yet we have a standard we want to reach and then we expect ourselves to stay there static, frozen in time. Right. That's not how we're meant to be. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, it's like we we find you know, a certain image of who we think we should be. And, and even like you talked about earlier, you might lose 10 pounds and then, okay, but that's still not enough. Okay. Another 10. Okay. Still not enough. You know, it's more about the root of it and your heart behind it. It's okay to want to be healthy, you know, whatever that looks like for you, because all of our bodies are made so different, you know? Um, And I could tell you, for most people, what healthy looks like on their bodies is probably 10 to 20 pounds heavier than what they think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and most, most women would go, uh, no, trust me, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I know I might get a lot of backlash for that comment, but <laughs> you know, the weight that you keep fighting against just might be the weight your body wants to be at. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, eating healthy. And when I say eating healthy, we're not talking about restriction. We're just saying, are you eating from all the food groups? Mm -hmm. Are you in tune? This is what happens. Diet culture makes you tune out your body signals. God designed Mm -hmm. us so wonderfully. It lets us know when we're hungry and it also lets us know when we're full. And diet culture tries to teach us to ignore those things that I can only eat at certain times and only a certain amount of calories, you know, ladies hormonally, as we cycle, our caloric needs are different. Our hunger needs are different (laughs) Chocolate from one day to the next. Yeah. Um, and so diet culture makes us lose touch with our bodies, Mm. but if we're in touch with our bodies and how God made us listening to our bodies when it's hungry and listening to our bodies when they're full, because that can be a problem too, especially when you get into this restrict and binge cycle. Yeah. Then your body will naturally settle at a weight that's right for it. And it may not be the weight that you like to hear because <laughs> yeah. of society. Yeah. But it will be a weight where you actually find the most joy when you are just intuitively eating, trusting mm-hmm. that God designed your body the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And again, this doesn't take into account medications. You know, right. If you're dealing with an eating disorder, that is something that you definitely need intervention from a trained therapist. Mm-hmm. But for the average woman that suffers with body image, because the average woman does, it's so yeah. prolific. Yeah. Learning to trust the body that God gave you when it's hungry, eat. When it's not hungry, stop eating. Mm-hmm. I can remember so many times at like 7:30 being hungry and being like I'm not allowed to eat after dinner. So I would trick myself with drinking water or I'd force myself to go to bed. Now mm-hmm. I'm like get a dang snack girl you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what? I haven't you're gonna gained, be okay. <laughs> I haven't gained incredible amounts of weight now that I'm listening to my body. Right. I'm eating more calories, but 
I have more energy. My hair is healthier. My cycle is better. All those things are better because my body's getting what it needs. When your body's hungry, it's mm-hmm. telling you something. Would you not feed your baby when it's hungry because it's after a certain time? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Why do we put that on ourselves? It's Right. I agree. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, um, you know, we're, we're allowing somebody else to tell us when we should eat and what we should eat. And instead of taking a step and going, okay, well, what are the things that, you know, I know make me feel good? You know, what are things that bother my digestive system or, you know, and instead, instead creating a lifestyle for yourself of what it looks like. Um, and in a way that is rooted in knowing who we are in Christ in a way that is, um, honoring the Lord and being thankful for, for how he's made us. And that's such a hard, hard balance. Um, but I'm and so it is. And you might have to go through some healing. Like I'm still healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to exercise weights and hit and all of that as punishment to get my body to do mm-hmm. something or because I ate something. I'm still healing from that, that I can't go do a weightlifting workout right now because the association with it is so negative. Does my body need to move for my mental health? Absolutely. So now I go on these glorious long walks, blast right. praise and worship music. And when the time is right and I can step into a weight room for the right reasons mm-hmm. to be strong, just to move my body, to honor God, rather than to punish myself, mm. then I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be making decisions anymore on my movement or my food based on trying to conform my body to some sort of standard that I believe makes me more lovable. Hmm. Jesus went to the cross because he loved me exactly the way I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to honor him and focus on, okay, God, what call do you have over my life? How do you want me to show up today? I could tell you his call over my life is not to try to fit into size four jeans. Mm-hmm. Call over my <laughs> life is not to weigh, you know, whatever weight on the scale. Mm-hmm. That's not his call over my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm releasing that to the him and he's healing me and changing me. And I'm yeah. so thankful that he does that. Yes. And body image is such like a mental game, mental game that I feel like it takes so much away from, what he could be talking to us about, what he could be stirring in our hearts, things like that. Um, And so it does, you know, we have to come down to, okay, you know, is this something that I am idolizing? Is this something that I need to kind of evaluate where my heart's at? And so do you kind of have just, you know, final thoughts for 20 somethings for 20 somethings at heart, just to kind of, um, kind of get a heart check in this I just want to remind you that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy he comes to steal your purpose and your calling Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest ways he's going to do that is distract you by your body Mm -hmm. so one of the biggest things you can do to fight back against the enemy is to release your body concerns to the Lord do those tips that I said you know, 
Watch what you're watching. Praise God for your body. Learn to trust the body that God gave you in terms of eating and movement. And know that you are wonderfully made. Practice that daily. Rehearse Mm -hmm. that daily. You have to get intentional because the world is intentionally after you in this area Mm -hmm. with their messages, with their diet culture. The world is after you intentionally. So you have to get intentional about guarding yourself in those areas. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you the future is so bright. Like God promised us a hope in the future. And as we cling to that truth, he's going to do amazing things in your lives. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for that encouragement. And I'm, I'm so encouraged by this conversation and I'm just thinking of the many ways that, okay, even for myself need to have a, a heart check in some of these areas of how culture has really influenced us. Um, how easy it is to kind of buy in and to be aware of what we're watching and listening to and um, things like that and how that is influencing us. Cause it can be a very passive thing that you may not realize, um, but kind of taking inventory on, on how we're doing in that way. So I'm so thankful for, for your words in this. They're very encouraging and I'm excited for, for my listeners to hear it too. Cause I think that they will uh, benefit from it just as much. Oh, thank you so much. Emma. I really appreciate yes. being on here with you. Yes, for sure. And I have a couple more fun questions for you that I ask right. every guest that comes on the show now for the fun part. Yes. <laughs> so first one is I want to know, like, what are you reading, listening to watching any and all of the above? Okay, so I'm just finishing up um, The Legacy Journey by Dave Ramsey. Oh. Um, if you have a tough time with the concept of money, mm. I would recommend that book. It's not about budgeting or whatever. It's just that wealth in and of itself is not evil mm. and overcoming any money hangups you have. So that was that's what I'm reading. And I just finished reading Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. That was really good. Oh, yes. Talking about spiral thinking. Very appropriate for this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I watching? I, I like to know what I'm watching. I like just things on repeat. So I'm constantly working my way through the friend series over uh, yes. and over, and over again. <laughs> background noise. Um, what am I listening to? Well, I'm listening to Water with Lemon. Oh, um, but plug. <laughs> uh, song that I have on repeat right now is There Is Another in the Fire. I don't oh. know if you've heard that one. Mm-hmm. That's a good um, one. Just really is appropriate for what I'm going through right now and just love that encouragement. Mm-hmm. And what I'm drinking is lots of bubbly lately. Yes, those are Cher- good. Cherry's my favorite. Okay, okay. I I haven't tried many of the flavors. I am I've currently got Waterloo over here. Water have you ever had Waterloo? Do they have that in Canada? No, I don't think they have that in Canada. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's still part of the sparkling water family. And you know, no sugars and all that stuff, but I think it has the best flavor out of, you know, 
LaCroix, Bumbly, you know, all the yes. things. Okay, so well. Maybe I'll have, have to, to ship you some. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> and then lastly, what's refreshing you these days? So this is like anything that's given you life. So I just got um, a new prayer journal. It's one that I haven't used before and I'm mm. using it every morning. And there's a spot where you memorize a verse where you write out your daily gratitude, where you write out a prayer, and then you go back to um, and see how you've heard from God. And that has been such a blessing to add to my morning routine. Mm. Like I feel, I feel so surrendered and covered by the time I go through that. So that's one thing that's really refreshing me right now. Yes, that sounds awesome. It's always good when you find like a good resource you can use. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Carla. I super enjoyed this conversation. I'm so thankful for just uh, your encouraging words. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Wow, that's all I could say after this episode with Carla. I pray that the Lord uses the conversation to open your eyes and just really bless you. So give your burdens over to him, ladies. Talk to him about how you're feeling in response to this episode. Our God is worthy to be praised. Thank you so much for listening in today and stay fresh, my people.